welcome to Eric Thurm Makes Merit K Watch Anime. Uh, I am your co-host, Fanbyte Secretary of Anime, Eric Thurm. Uh, and I'm your other co-host, uh, Fanbyte... I, oh, I guess I have like a real job title. <laughs> I'm uh, Features and Traffic Sorry, Editor. Sorry, wait, 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 are you saying that uh, Secretary of Anime is not a real job oh, title? Oh, God. Oh, Because um, I put oh that shit on my God. LinkedIn. I, I didn't... And... Um, shit, no, it's real. Um, uh... Fuck. I had business cards printed. Actually, yeah. I don't know. Can you you can see the business cards right here? They sort of have these like really elaborate drawings of me uh, riding the Nimbus Cloud from Dragon Ball while wearing uh, sort of like Naruto ninja clothes. And I spent a lot of money. What is that bone? Is that yeah? I spent I spent a lot of money uh, on these business cards. And if this is not a real job title, I am going to be no, very frustrated. It's super real. It's super, super real. You know what? It's the most important job there is. Because someone has to um, appreciate anime, you know? And uh, and isn't that what it's all about? You know? Just appreciating, just loving animation. I can't believe this. You know who else loves animation? Whoa! And we can't though because we haven't done the other part yet. Oh, the yeah. We have well, to do the first part. Yeah. So, well, let's do the first part uh, of this show in which I uh, ask if you, as part of my non-real job, ask you uh, uh, if you watch more of last week's show, Hunter Hunter. I did actually watch more of Hunter Hunter. Um, only a couple of episodes, but yeah, last Friday, I think. Um, I like watched, I think like two or three while I was eating dinner and I was vibing on it. So, nice. Yeah. What, what's, uh, what's happening in the Hunter exam right now? The part that you're up to? Oh God. Um, I think they got through the fog. So there's like the long walk through the tunnel and they're like, oh, thank God we're, we're out now. And then he's like, now we just have to walk through this marsh filled with creatures that imitate human beings in order to eat them. Uh, and like, wow, I did not know that there were cops on Hunter Hunter. Damn, damn. Right away, some guy shows up and he's like, don't listen to that guy. I'm the real instructor. He's going to fucking eat you. And then um, uh, Clown Man. Uh, yeah, Hisoka. Hisoka is just like, hmm, how do I determine which is the real guy? I guess I'll just fucking throw like Gambit style playing cards at both of them. And the real one will catch it. And like the other one just fucking dies. And the other one turns out to be a monkey with the face of that particular guy. The human being that he's sure. imitating. Yeah, great. Love uh, it. Gone and uh, and Killua get eaten by a frog at one point, and then the frog spits them out because it doesn't like the taste of the diarrhea juice that <laughs> Killua is still carrying around and drinking. He loves the diarrhea juice. <laughs> he got it for free. <laughs> um, oh, they encounter Hisuka for the first time, too. Uh, Hisuka kills like six guys. He's like, that kills a lot he's of like, guys. I will be the because they some a bunch of dudes like see him on his own. They're like, oh, we should take this opportunity to take him out because this guy's trouble. And he's just like, I will be the judge of all of you. I'm kind of like a Kefka figure. Uh, it's kind anyway, of Kefka. anyway, bye. You're all dead now. Um, he kills all of them. Leorio and uh, the other one, Karapika. Uh They see that and they're like, oh, we've got to run. Except then Lurio is just like, no, I can't, I can't run. I can't, 
I can't abide an evil clown. And so he like runs to attack him and it goes poorly. But then he's like, it's like, oh, interesting. You're oh, coming closer. Oh. Instead of running away, you're approaching me. <laughs> um, and uh, Leorio's like, I can't get my ass beaten by like a gay clown if I don't get any closer. <laughs> Uh, so, but then he's like, is like impressed. I think that they like saw that happen and then like stand up to him and he's like intriguing. Yeah. Oh, and then he's kind of delightful. Then he kind of goes from creepy clown to like pedo clown when, uh, (laughs) gone comes back and is like trying to save Leorio with his fishing rod. And he's he's like, Oh my, how delightful. Oh, I simply love this. You're just doing hedonism, bot. Oh, that is kind of hedonism. But that's sort of what he sounds like. He does He's kind like of sound like hedonism. Anime bot. and degenerate. You know, that's a character who's just like. <laughs> anime degenerous. <laughs> anime yeah. degenerous. Uh, yeah. Or, or, like, I mean, it's just all those characters just sound like him from the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of gay. Yeah, it's the kind of gay, but also just, like, decadent yeah. villain, which is, like, a stock figure across sure. all kinds of, of media. And, uh, yeah, wow. That was weird. Yeah? That was weird when he's just, like... Oh, I'll let you go, little boy. Like, come, become stronger. And then, then it's like, wait, is Cisco one of the judges? Because then he's like radioing to talk to someone else. Uh, unclear, but pretty sure that uh, he he's the guy that like killed Kurapika's Kurapika's like family, right? Do you want me to tell you? I mean, Kurapika was like, oh, it was these clown people. And then there's a clown man, and then he has other clown, like the guy with all the, the Hellraiser guy with all the nails in his face. He's like talking to him at one point. And he's like, hey, as a member of our cool clown gang, do you want to go murder a whole family and take their eyeballs? And he's like, yeah, OK, boss. That's sort of how it played. Yeah. But yeah, it was him, right? I actually don't remember. So, I, like, Hizuka is in the Phantom Troop, yeah. right? Which is, like, the group that killed the, the Kurta clan. But I don't remember if Hizuka was actually there. They, like, say at some but, point. Like, it was his squad. Yeah, yeah. It was his crew. He is, he is in that crew. Is he the leader of the bunch? Uh, You know him well, but mm-hmm. no, he is not. The leader of... I'll tell you the, the name of this character because it's one of my favorite uh, Hunter Hunter character names. The name of the leader of the Phantom Troop is a man named Crollo Lucifer. Hi, I'm Crollo Lucifer. <laughs> Literally, the only job I'm qualified to do is run like a cool magical crime gang. Oh my god. It, it sounds anime. like Nick Kroll, like mixed with Frollo from uh, Notre Dame. Sure. You know, that guy who sings the Hellfire song. Yeah. Uh, and then just the devil. Like what? Okay. And this is, this is what he looks like. He doesn't look at all like he's dressed like that fucking monster from um, uh, Devil Note. He looks like the guy with his big collar, you know. Wait, from 
from Death Note. Oh, oh yeah. From you mean he looks like Ryu? Yeah, he has yeah, like a big yeah, yeah. collar and stuff, and like these straps. Oh, he's so he's like a Catholic because he has sort of the cross. I don't think so. I don't even remember. Or is that an Iron Cross? It's that's definitely not a sort of traditional it's right. Like crucifix. the dimensions are not crucifix dimensions. He just loves math. Welcome to our theology podcast. Uh, he does love math. He loves math. He loves shapes. He loves sort of Paul having... Lucifer under fire today. As, yeah. Uh, seems to be wearing an iron cross on uh, on his forehead in one of his new videos. Uh, what some are calling a heated gamer moment. Mm. That was a PewDiePie thing. I think he had an iron cross or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're enjoying Hunter Hunter, even though I now will not be able to enjoy Hunter Hunter for the rest of my life. Uh, uh, did you watch any other uh, anime this week? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Am I forgetting something? I got back into Thunderbolt Fantasy in a major way, so I'm very excited. Yeah. At some point, I would like to do that in an off-format episode. Thunderbolt Fantasy, uh, if you are not familiar is uh, a show written by anime writer Jen Robuchi, um that is like done with Japanese VAs and the you know it sort of is very anime style except that it is made by a Taiwanese puppet studio it's anime with puppets it's anime with puppets and it looks very if the prospect of anime puppets doing cool sword fights sounds appealing to you you will like this show if it does not sound appealing to you you will not like the show that's my professional piece of criticism. It, there was a show like this at one point, right? Like, what was the puppet, the Cartoon Network puppet thing? Team America World Police. No. It was like this. It was like puppets, like, fighting and stuff. Or was that just this? When did the show air? Uh, Well, I'll, I'll say more about this if we do an episode about it, but not that long ago. Like, 2016, I think. Okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But I definitely remember... Cartoon Network having some kind of like, they're like, we're going to make an action show with puppets. That would not be this. You might be thinking of Thunderbirds. No, I know what Thunderbirds is. It's not one of those old things. It's like, it was in the 2000s. My only reference point for that, I think, is Team America World Police. (sighs) Okay. I hope you find it. Some people were dicks and some people are pussies. Blah, blah, blah. Uh Uh-huh. Wait, say more. Uh, wow, is the, was that scene just like the basis for for like a sort of entire school of like sub intellectual? Just like like she was like done sort of writing Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling like watched that scene and was like, whoa! Oh, Woolen Warriors. Yeah, I do, I didn't I have not seen that. So it was based on a show called Pili that aired in the eighties. It was a Taiwanese uh, glove puppetry show. Cool. And um, they did a. Uh, they did a Power Rangers, I guess, and, um, you know, edited it and bought it and like, sure, I guess, probably mutilated it. Um, but yeah, that was in 2006. Wow. Yeah. Welcome to our podcast episode about Thunderbolt Fantasy. What? It's made by the same people. Oh, they're the same studio. Yeah, yeah. That, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Because I feel like it probably is like there's like one of those media, there's know. like one of those studios that you go to when you're like I want to do a Taiwanese glove puppet thing for an international audience, and everyone's like, listen, like there's only one real good game in town here. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, I'm excited for us to watch that at some point. Uh, but this week, uh, we did not. If you were eagerly anticipating our episode about Madoka Magica, 
Uh, oh, we yeah, yeah. did not watch that. No, uh, that's next week. Yeah, so it is now next week um, because our special guest, uh, we had to push back to next week. But instead, we watched something that is a lot less depressing uh, and that I think maybe made both of us feel good about the world, unlike Madoka Magica, which will make me feel even worse about the world than I normally do. Uh, this week, we watched Keep Your Hands Off Azoken. Uh, what did you know about Keep Your Hands Off Azoken uh, going into our decision to watch it? Well, I actually knew like what the show is about and like had heard really good things. And like many anime, many contemporary anime, I knew that because I had edited a piece that someone had written about it. Um, I believe that was also, I think I have mentioned them before, maybe last week, but Fry Kaiser, who's... You did last week, uh, I believe. Yeah, who's a writer uh, who writes for us about anime sometimes. And uh, they had written about uh, Izuken, and I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. This sounds like a cool thing. And I think, yeah, I'd been meaning to watch it ever since then. And um, we only got around to it now. But yeah, I know I knew about the basic structure of like who the characters are, what they do. I will say when I first heard the name uh, before I knew anything about it, I thought someone was saying like, keep your hands off of Azo Kun. And I was like, mm. is this about like, is this like a harem thing where like, it's like a bunch of girls who are like, hey, keep your hands off of Azokun. <laughs> that would be a pretty good name for a harem show, actually. Uh, right? That's, yeah. Um, but he's like not into any of them. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's like the kind of one where he gets like put under a spell or something that like everyone's just horny for him. Yeah. And then he has to use the gun to shoot them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Just like in my favorite video game. Sure. Uh, Danganronpa. Oh, you wish. <laughs> you wish it was as unfucked up as Dan <laughs> You wish it was as family friendly and like cool and like not like nightmarish as Danganronpa. <laughs> no, no, we are in way darker territory than that. Jesus. Do you want to pay $200 for DLC that removes the underwear? Because you can do that. No, <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> Uh, I'm so I'm glad that you you knew something about this show. Um, yeah, actually, that's I I want to talk about that. Okay, we'll get in. I want to come back to that because that is sort of the at the the nucleus of a greater issue uh, with anime that I have. That's right, everybody. It's time for us to what's grinding my gears lately what's, about you know anime. What grinds my gears? <laughs> Cling clang, Lois. <laughs> How is that a Pokemon, Lois? <laughs> it's just two gears. Peter! Stupid. Peter, look at G1! Peter, it's a steel type! Electrode's just a ball! <laughs> you, you're romanticizing your childhood, Peter! I'm, I'm so sorry. I can't believe this. I saved up. Uh, I, I saved up my allowance to do voices and uh, use them all. I can't believe we've done this. <laughs> Oh, but no. yeah, table the stuff about the the game where you shoot schoolgirls with the the nut gun. Um, because <laughs> we're gonna come back to that. Hey, Lois! Oh my God! Ooh. Tell us about the show. Yeah, um, the show we watched this week was Family Guy. Was uh, keep your hands off Azokin, which I will introduce now. Based on the 2016 manga by Sumito Ora. 
uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right, but I am not positive. Uh, Keep Your Hands Off Izoken follows a trio of girls at Shibahama High School who join forces to start the titular Izoken, a film production slash AV club in order to make anime. Uh, so the word Izoken roughly translates to film production club. I have commonly seen it uh, translated as AV club in the way that a like 80s high school would have an AV club of nerds who were into projectors and stuff. Uh, the members of the Izoken are Midori Asakusa, uh, a timid, obsessive anime enthusiast who loves highly detailed concept art and mechanical accuracy. Tsubame Mizuzaki, a model and the daughter of famous wealthy actors, enamored with character design and the finer points of animating movement. And the absolute fucking unit, Sayaka Kanamori, an enterprising business-minded thug who whips absolute ass. Director Masaki Yuasa and production studio Science Saru take great pains to depict the process of creation as the Eizouken's flights of fancy are rendered in charmingly broad strokes, appropriate for high school animators. The series aired earlier this year and is available to watch on Crunchyroll and HBO Max, uh, which I want to talk about at some point later. I think it's very interesting that this is one of the big anime titles that they're pushing uh, for HBO Max. Um... And also, we won't talk about this a ton, there are a bunch of other adaptations of this manga, uh, so there is like a live-action movie that I believe is coming out later this year. Mm. Just like a lot of stuff, uh, which is really interesting, and like I've seen, I think, a trailer for the live-action movie. I'm sure it will be fine, but to me, and I also haven't read the manga, I should say, this feels like a story that was designed to be told in an anime medium. Well, it's like about it. I know that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like, it's like, I'm sure the manga is like good, but it's very surprising to me that this popped off so much from the manga, Mm -hmm. given that it is a story about making anime. And the thing that it does so well is use anime to tell a story about like what makes the medium special and what people get out of it. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Um, do we want to go through roughly what happens in the first couple episodes, or do you want to just sort of like start with our Im- impressions of the show? Or actually, this is where I think we should start. Uh, this is our first uh, return to a director, a, a sort of overall series director uh, of this podcast, because uh, as longtime fans from the beginning of Quar will remember, uh, we started with Devilman Crybaby, an earlier show made by Masaki Yuasa. And what I would like to know is, uh, what do you think about that? Do you do you feel like you would have realized uh, these two shows were made by the same person? Or broadly speaking? Is it the same animation studio? Yeah. Science Saru is... Uh, and we can talk about this in a second. Science Saru is... Um, Yuasa's animation studio. Okay. So he actually retired uh, as president of Science Saru earlier this year in like March. Uh, they have, I believe, one more project that is going to be released that he worked on, um, which is a Netflix show, I believe, that's going to come out in like a month or two. Uh, but yes, it's like his studio. Okay. I don't know exactly how much the personnel overlaps. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it is the same studio. Um. I mean, obviously the subject matter is very different, but I think both of these shows have a willingness to play with animation in interesting ways, in ways that break verisimilitude that sort of like, like Devilman had a lot of kind of 
verging on like experimental stuff, I, I want to say, just in terms of like how they depicted emotional states. And um, like they weren't afraid to like get really silly with like bodies and um, locales and things like that. Like some parts actually of the Devil Man uh, world, like the locations, I can see like clear parallels between them and here, like the docks. Yeah. Um, like I can see the Isaacan characters hanging out there. Yeah, that stuff with bodies and emotions is very Yuasa. He, because I'm trying to remember this right, you haven't seen, uh, like, any of his other work, right? Yeah, so he, he, I would say one of my favorite things about his work uh, is that he has this very flexible approach to bodies and the sort of ways that they move mm-hmm. in this way that often is very unsettling, uh, as it is in Devilman and in uh, some of his other work. Um, in, in particular, there's like this one sequence in his movie Lou over the wall, uh, where this entire, like a village of people is like magically compelled to dance. And it's this kind of like, everyone's having fun. Right. And then everyone just like keeps dancing, but it sort of like speeds up a little bit and it, it, it somehow manages to communicate the feeling that people are not like voluntarily making their bodies do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a lot of that in, in a way that, at least from my perspective, is very feels very influenced by like classic Disney animation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sort of has that, or, or like even like Looney Tunes. Like well, it has like, a real rubbery. Yeah, like it does the the things that yeah traditional animation uh, did, which is like not being afraid to do, like to warp and to like to really mess with the characters faces in certain frames so that yeah you could have a, a still frame of Bart Simpson and he has like a mouth on the side of his face and like eyes on the other side but like it works like it's more expressive that way like you you exaggerate things and um you get more of an effect out of it than you would if you're just like very robotically like doing it by computer and like not um I mean you can do those things by computer as well but I feel like with things like the Simpsons you've seen like a sort of shift towards a more uniform. It's yeah, it's cleaner. It's like the family guy like syndrome, right? Of just like no real movement in like a very mechanical movement, like very stiff. Hey, Lois. And I think that's one reason why a game like Cuphead was so popular is because like that kind of animation is so much more lively and um, American animation, at least like, you know, like a few years ago was not in like a great place. I can't believe this. What? I just can't believe this game. What, Cuphead? Yeah. You can't oh, Cuphead. It. Okay, sorry. What Never did you mind. think I was talking about? I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, 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 totally. Yes. I, that That is true, I think. And yeah, Cuphead, like... Because, yeah. Like, because if you've grown up watching Family Guy, then you see, like, an older cartoon with that kind of animation, you're just like, oh my god. This is like art. It's well, the thing, the other thing I think, and you know, not to like, I think that that, that sort of uniformity of aesthetic is a lot more apparent in like big budget Western uh, film animation, mm-hmm. right? Where like, you know, Pixar is great, but also very much has like a house style. And DreamWorks also has, like, a very weird house style that I feel like a lot of other, like, Sony and sort of other similarly large animation studios have, um, 
where everything has these kind of like smooth textures uh, in a way that I think often makes it harder to like latch onto stuff, which is also why. And actually, I hadn't had this thought before now, but I'm, I suspect someone could or has written a really good essay comparing Azoken uh, to Into the Spider-Verse, mm. just because I think Into the Spider-Verse also is a thing that like has to be animated and is done in such a way that it really calls attention to the animation. And obviously it's less flexible um, than Azoken is, but it does do a lot of stuff that I think is really cool. You know, and, like there's a reason why so many people got so excited about that movie. Yeah. Um, and it does things with animation that are cool and interesting and that, you know, I'm sure these characters uh, would very much enjoy, except probably not. Well, Kanamori would be like, ah, yes, like a new approach to superhero stories. That will make us more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's really, really interesting. I don't know. I, I love Yuasa a lot. I'm glad we're doing another one of his shows. Maybe at some point we will watch uh, some of his, his films and you can sort of see the, the origins uh, of the origins. Yeah. Well, at some point we'll we'll watch uh, probably uh, the Tatami Galaxy, which has like a very different art style, but mm. still feels very noticeably Yuasa. Um, which maybe is a good way for us to segue into sort of some broader stuff about the show, because uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and that I know you enjoyed about the show, is the character design. Yeah, and this is sort of. Um, bringing back to what I was talking about before, it is, uh, it is, it is related. Um, so the game I was talking about is Galgan, which is this kind of infamous. So that's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah. When you said oh, cup. No. Yeah. See, no. Yeah. No. Uh, Galgan is for people who don't know this kind of infamous rail shooter game, uh, where the main character is like hit by like cupid's arrow or something but it's like too much like what if arrow but too much and then basically it's like that scene at the end of um perfume did you ever see that i did not ever see that where uh he makes the the perfume out of people and then he sprays it and then everyone like has this huge orgy and like tears themselves apart um Uh, so it's sort of like a fucked up sweeney todd kind of uh yeah but anyway this game is just like all these girls are like throwing themselves at the main character to the point that they're just like tearing him apart. Or it's like that, you know, the the Buffy episode where Xander has the love potion. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it starts off where people are just like, oh, Xander. And then they're just like, Xander, we're going to fucking tear you apart so we can or, each have or, a piece of you. Or like the Venture Bros episode with the Spanish fly. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Uh, just stringing so along then, the references. So then the angel's like, okay, here's a gun. And what you're going to do is shoot it at them. And uh, this is like the film Orgasmo, uh, where when when you shoot the gun, you nut backwards um, and you have to target specific parts depending on the girl. So it's not great. It's pretty bad. (laughs) This sounds good. It's pretty bad. But that's like five years ago. The sequel came out a couple years ago, I think. uh, it, t- it took that long for them to get ready to go a second time. Yeah. Oh my god. And I'm pretty sure there was a DLC where it was just like, pay two hundred dollars to remove this. Um, but like, that's just like a broader. That's one instance of a broader 
phenomenon in anime. And I'm not getting into like, oh, Japan is weird here because we do the same thing here. It's just that animation isn't like a prestigious or like popular form in the U.S. to the same degree. But we definitely do it in other ways. Um, There's this creepy obsession with like young girls uh, in, you know, the U.S. and also Japan. But like it just manifests. It's like, oh, yeah, this is what this is what an anime school girl looks like. She's just got big zongas. And has like a child's face. Did you did you know that if you like uh, anime zongas, you're a reactionary? Actually, I did know that. Yeah, it's because you yearn to return to the, the safety of ch- infancy. I really appreciated that psychoanalytical reading of people's preferences in anime body parts. I mean, it's yeah, it's true. I mean, the reactionary is drawn towards the breast, the suckling. <laughs> you see, um, and uh, where the fuck was I going with this? Oh yeah. That, that's like to the point that it's like a trope or like a joke to people who don't even like who don't watch anime and it's something that puts like a lot of people off it too is i think just like this super common representation of just like haha what if high school but like super horny and um again we do that too riverdale every kind of prestige teen show is the kind of way that we do it sure but like it sucks and there's like a lot of anime that i'm just like i this could have a good story, but I just don't want to watch this like big titty anime school girl. It's just like creepy. And then this show is like, what if we just made them look like just like weird cartoon? What if we just made girl Ed, Ed and Eddie? <laughs> like, yeah, that really is like, what they that's are. What this yeah, is. they They're really just are. Ed, Ed and Eddie. So like there's the one character who does look more like an anime school girl, but that's because she's a model. But even she just looks like, a person still and then there's the fucking um gremlin Azakusa. uh that- yeah yeah uh uh asakusa ooh, uh midori yeah she's like a little frog gremlin who like always wears this weird military hat and uh fucking it's a camo oh, hat it's a camo hat yeah and just like falls off of stairs and shit, and it's just like uh, she looks. She looks monster. like a kappa. Yeah, she does kind of look like a kappa. She's like a kappa crossed with um, an otaku. Well, that and uh, the character from Bob's Burgers, Louise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, otaku kappa Louise. Oh, yeah, yeah that's fun. Uh, and then Katamori is just like <sighs> the fucking goat. This like six foot tall, like. Just like, like grinning, like just teeth, just like, uh, just like teeth showing constantly, which is like not something you see in like any cartoon characters, really. Like no one ever draws the teeth individually because it looks really unsettling a lot of the time. And like her design is kind of unsettling. Like she just has these like calculating, like almost dead eyes and like this, these teeth and uh, just is like so lanky and just like moves around like really oddly and she's kind of a gumby she's like a little bit of a gumby gumby. she's like a certified gumby uh and like the characters designs are all so different that they get to have all these fun different kinds of movement and like i don't even i'm not even like making like a political case for like oh this is better than the other thing because it's like more accurate or it doesn't dehumanize people or whatever it's like visually more interesting to have characters who are different beyond just like, 
oh, their hair is different color and they have like different size yabos. And they don't really move. They don't really do much. They don't fucking fall up banisters and shit. Um, but like these characters, like uh, Isakusa is like always just like jumping around like this like little frog. And it's like, oh, I'm going to like me draw a little cool rocket ship. Oh, look, oh. And then like um, Connemore is just like leaning over like, oh, oh, rocket ship anime could be very profitable. It's good. Yeah, I'm it's just sort of. I'm sort of just getting you're to just like generic babbling of like it's yeah. good, it's good, Jerry. Uh, yeah, so it is. I I, I do want to bring in. I think this is a good place to bring in uh, one of my facts. Uh, so these are two things, both of which came from the director of the first episode, uh, Mari Motohashi. So she describes uh, the production as trying to go out of their way to animate the girls at, in a gender neutral way mm-hmm. uh, because she basically said like, well, these characters like obviously have sort of differing degrees of quote girlishness and like tomboyishness, but could have been boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we try to, Ed and Eddie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we try to animate them. It's like X. Uh, I don't know what the sort of gender neutral, you know, X, X and Xy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but the that they try to animate them in that way. Uh, the other thing from her that I wanted to share is that she describes uh, Kanamori as a quote intellectual yakuza. God, uh, which is very good. Oh my god. Uh, and so maybe before we sort of like fall into the the sort of hole of Kanamori praise, because I think we're going to do that very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also I think by far the most popular character on this show. Uh, I maybe want to take a second so that we don't do it at the end of the episode again to talk about, because we gotta talk about the OP. The OP is fucking wild. So it's by Kalmiko. Yeah, that's the, the name of the band. The, or the band, group, the yeah. rap group. It's like the two people. Maybe they have a producer as well. I just watched the video. Nice. Um, But yeah, it's like this like Japanese poppy rap track that's like just has the like recurring like bit of just saying like easy breezy and like i think the lyrics are basically just like hey everything's like fucking chill and awesome like don't forget life is easy breezy like um and just the animation that they do with like the characters doing these dances it's very good just like alternating between like looking really awkward and just like just vibing. Yeah. The very good poses, the very good sort of like shots that and I, I need to look up the name of this effect because I always try to describe it. Uh, this sort of like quasi kaleidoscopic uh, shiny effect uh, where the sort of the silhouettes where the sort of character silhouettes are, are doing these like very oh, funny, yeah. like shimmying moves. Uh, yeah, and, and there's, like, the whole sequence with all these sort of intentionally, like, literally iconic in the sense that they're sort of drawn smaller and, and a little bit broader, uh, little sketches of, like, dogs and fruit and stuff. Well, and then, like, you have, like, the, like, each character is introduced by having a bunch of different, like, items that are associated with them pop on screen and then finally their face in this sort of spiral pattern, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, Isakusa has like 
a sketchbook and, and the bag and stuff. And then when you get to Kanamori, it's just like a piggy bank and like just graph paper and stuff. She loves, she loves money. Yeah, it's very, very good. It's very powerful. I love it very much. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Also, so I don't forget because I probably will forget otherwise. Uh, the ending animation actually is done by the mangaka. Oh. Who I discovered this. And this actually makes a lot more sense now, knowing that they thought of the characters as being gender neutral, is I believe, and I'm not positive about this because I couldn't find uh, sort of more definitive sources, is a 27-year-old man. Wow. Which is, yeah, pretty wild. Uh, this is his- Wait, you couldn't find a definitive source? Would you- Or sorry, I, I no, I did find a definitive source. It's his YouTube channel. This is his YouTube channel. Wait, you can't just like search for like. I did, but he doesn't have he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. No, you use his name. Um, but if you just like search his name, if you look on like mostly English or language results, I see. You'll find a lot of stuff that is like not very full. Okay. So I just needed I I did not do the second layer that I probably should have done, mm -hmm. where I found a lot of like fully Japanese sources and translated them. But yeah, this is this is his YouTube page. These are all, you know, sort of his street, his, he like streams. I think he plays Minecraft a lot. Just kind of. Wake up. It's oh, sorry. Is that the oh, that's a ship. That's not what you think I, it is. Yeah. Sorry. I thought I saw him drawing like anime Yava. Like, what? What is this betrayal? <laughs> you, you were the chosen <laughs> one. Chosen one. You were supposed to destroy not draw them? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He seems like he's having a nice time, though. See, he's, he's got his Minecraft I streams. Is going okay? Yeah, me too. Playing some Minecraft. Just vibing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he, he did the ending uh, animation, which makes a lot of sense. I think the ending animation does a really good job of doing what seem like sketches that he uh, he has done, uh, you know, of the character sort of moving across, I would say, slightly sleeker backgrounds um, and feels a little bit more fluid and like an extended version, maybe, of one of the sketch sequences from the show, which do we do we want to sort of I think we have two directions we could go right now. We can either sort of dive into Kanamori uh, or we could talk about that animation stuff and sort of the way that the show depicts uh, the creative process. Well, should we talk about the characters first? Sure, let's do the characters. So do we want to do the other characters first? Sure. Before we, yeah. Well, so you, you've talked a lot about your, your love of Asakusa. Yeah. Um, she's a lot of fun. But she's like the, the concept artist. Yes. And like the, the sort of like big ideas person. And it's just like has sketchbooks full of like these worlds and things. And like the way that she's introduced, she's the first character who shows up and her introduction is so great because it's like, you know, sixth grade, her just moving into this new apartment and then drawing this whole like secret base based on the, uh, the apartment. And it's just like, you see this very rudimentary like animation of it. It looks like a platformer game almost where like the character's just moving around through all these levels and it's just like seen from the side and it's i feel like such maybe not a universal thing but like such a common thing to like for children to to draw those kinds of space like a secret 
like base that's just yours and has all these like different cool like areas and traps and things in it and i think like as soon as i saw that i was just like oh my god damn this show rips yeah it does rip and then she falls off a of banister and it's very funny not in the same episode. No, no. Because if no. she fell off the banister in when she was the apartment building, yeah, she would be dead. She would be dead. Uh, but yeah. Oh man. Did you did you have a did you remember what your secret base looked like? I mean, I had a lot of them. Ooh, I also look at it, I got multiple houses over wow. here. Wow. Wow. We you uh, big, big spender. <laughs> big imaginative spender. Um. But definitely. I have, like, a very vivid memory of building this, like, Lego, like, town slash, like, base with a bunch of my friends when I was a kid. And it was so fucking cool. And it was like, oh, here's, like, this little shop where you go to get, like, your space juice or whatever. And because it was, like, a space based on the space set, I think. Sure. Gotta have uh, my space Jamba juice. Gotta have my space Jamba juice. <laughs> And it was like the fucking coolest thing to just be like, we built this together. And like, it wasn't based on, you know, it wasn't like from a book or whatever, like the Lego instructions. It was just like something that we made. And then of course we were like, we can do better and destroyed it. And did my, it my friend to this day will be like, damn, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have rebuilt. We should have been content. That's the beauty. But that's, oh man, that's so beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a uh, passing. Uh, damn, that's sick. I think I've spent a lot of time trying to draw sort of a better Nautilus. Mm. You know? It was like, I could have like a cooler submarine. Submarine is good. Submarine is a kind of secret base that's just underwater. Yeah, exactly. And portable Or not portable. Um, it's mobile. Mobile. Yeah, I'm like... Um, yeah, honestly, I don't know. When I, when I saw that scene and then just other scenes throughout because most of the transitions from like the real world to like the imagination world that they live in are instigated by Izakusa. I think all of them might be, uh, where she's just like, Oh, I'm like cleaning the, or I'm like cleaning up the outside of this like building. That's our clubhouse. Oh, it's like, I'm like an astronaut fixing the spaceship or like, Oh, uh, we found something. It's like a cool space. It's like a cool ship that turns into like a dragonfly. And now we're like going on this adventure and just like the, without wanting to idealize childhood, uh, too much because it sucks in many ways for a lot of people. But it's just like, Oh yeah. I remember when you could just be like, what if, what if this? What if I just drew this and did this? Well, and, but see, and you that, hadn't developed the like part in your brain that was just like that's cringe or like that's bad, or like it's almost like because in this world, like these characters are old enough to have developed those things, but it's almost just like they don't have them for some reason. Like they're blessed to not have a voice telling them that like you're cringe or this sucks or like why are you wasting your time. Well, it's funny that you say that because I think the show does a good job of indicating the ways in which all of them otherwise would be limited mm -hmm. because the only I think the show does a very, very good job. And I assume the manga as well of articulating that the reason they are able to do this stuff is because the three of them are together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because like when we the second time we meet uh, meet these characters, 
when they start high school, uh, Asakusa uh, is just like sitting on a balcony, like drawing. And she is very shy and timid and bribes Kanamori to go to this anime screening with her uh, by, you know, buying her milk. And we gotta learn later, gotta have the milk, uh, that Mizuzaki, uh, uh, Mizuzaki would not do animation because she's afraid of her parents, because her parents don't want her to do anime, uh, and sort of... No daughter of mine is gonna draw anime! So it's crazy that you mentioned that because the English dub actually recently got released and Jerry Stiller did, in fact, do, oh, the, well. do the voice of... No, oh, uh, RIP to a real one. F. Um, yeah, drop some uh, Fs in the podcast comments for Jerry Stiller. Uh, no, but yeah, so she she wouldn't do it. And obviously, Kanamori has no independent interest in anime, so she, she would not be making anime on her own anyway. Uh, but the, the relationships between the three of them is the glue that allows them to ignore any of those impulses or allows them to actualize the things that they see in their heads. Right. Um, which I think is really cool. And it feels very sad to me that the closest analog I think that I experience to that now is like bad tweets, you know, or you're like in the yeah. group, you're in the group text and you're like, what if I post this? And your friends are like, you should post it. It's good. See, that's no, actually the closest thing that I can think of to this is, a. Uh... Working on, well, I don't want to actually talk about the project, but working on oh, a yeah. project yeah, where yeah, we yeah. were just literally, it's like, it was like this, the, one of those sequences, except we were both just like vaping <laughs> and just like, well, what if this happened then? Oh, sick. Yeah. What if that happened? And that I was like, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that is sort of the version of like if all the characters in Azoken like got corrupted by weed. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and just like outside, she's like still wearing the hat though. <laughs> and she's just like, okay, Except but it's like. Just weed fl- it's, it's just it's, weed flowers. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a tank, but it also is a bong, you know? <laughs> it's a bong tank. Mark 10 bong tank. Mark 69 bong tank. Nice. And it, does, it does the thing where it like zooms in on her concept design, but it just is like a really intricate vape. And she's like, and of course, like the vape has these cartridges that allow you to do this. And then it has the thing that allows you to do this. But that's <laughs> like, that's, that's it. I'm I mean, that's like, creative spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what if this? What if imagination? It's just like this building upon of like, like, what if this? Ah, uh, yeah. And what if this, too? So, sorry, you're saying... No, I'm not saying it's improv. <laughs> you just did, though. I said, and yes, not yes, and. <laughs> but it is in a non-cringe way. It's improv <laughs> without self-consciousness and, like... Intent. Badness. Yeah, and, like, not even intent. I'm so to sorry like, to my... I respect all people of, of improv descent. Uh, people of, of improv experience. Yeah. Um, but without the intent even to entertain or anything, it's almost just like, because like half the stuff that they, they come up with, like we watched three episodes and they, they still hadn't like started making like an anime. Well, I guess they hadn't got to an idea at the end of yes. the third episode. But prior to that, they're just like making shit up and like, they're not like, oh, we have to use this. Like we have to like, this will sell or whatever. It's just. Well, that's not true. Well, kind of more like that. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about Kanamori? Yeah, well, maybe that's a good segue to talking about Kanamori because, and I think this is a thing people have talked about with this character a lot, uh, but it's a thing that I, my favorite thing about this character 
is that sort of in any other version of the story, because the, the themes that we're talking about are like pretty universal, yeah. right? It's like not uncommon that you watch something or read something or whatever about someone who's like, I have a vision and like, I need to create my vision. And the producer character or like the money person is almost always depicted as the villain in that kind of narrative because they're being, generally speaking, the writing decisions are being made by the people who want to make weird writing decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there is like a lot of truth to the, it, it is obvious, right? Sort I mean, of probably they're, they're, most producers are bad. Right. Well, let's not offend produ- people of producer okay. experience. No one who would work with us. Yeah, exactly. Bad. No one who would work with us is a You're bad the, person. You're one of the good yeah, ones. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I think like, but, but I do think that that's part of why Kanamori is so cool, right? Because there are a lot of people who do that kind of work because they love this stuff and want to help it get made. Obviously, Kanamori doesn't quite feel that way, but I think you do get a sense of her growing appreciation for the medium and, like, what is cool about it, um, right? Like, even in that first scene when she goes to the screening, she's like, okay, like, I sort of get why you like this. Yeah, because and, and, and at first she's like, it's just anime. Like, I don't care. It's like just lines and color on a screen, man. And Isaacus is like explaining all of these principles of animation. Which is like, so good. Using this stuff from Future by Conan, which the, the sort of property. Oh, yeah, that's. Yeah. So, yeah, the thing that she's watching and that she watches in this sort of first childhood scene that is like the beginning of her. Not the beginning, because it's like implied that she watched a lot of anime, but like a really pivotal moment for her. Uh, is her watching this show that obviously is Future Boy Conan. And actually, they wanted to just use the clips mm-hmm. and they couldn't get the rights. So people on the production team just like traced over Future Boy Conan. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it's very, very funny. I love that the, the anime that they watch in the show is like, like looks a step more abstracted from like actual the show's yeah. anime. Like... As if, you know, it would be like the equivalent of like a real, uh, real life character watching an anime. Yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, yeah, and she talks about all this stuff about how, you know, different things that are on the screen are being used to communicate motion and about the way that the sort of cells are moving over backgrounds. And there's like a lot of stuff in this that is just this is how animation works. And it manages to convey all that information in a way that doesn't suck. Yeah. Um, which is pretty impressive because most of the time when someone makes a piece of art that is about how cool their art is, it sucks. But this isn't just about how cool, this is like about how cool art of capital A in general is. Yeah, totally. It's, it is, I think people very much overuse the express, the expression, a love letter in doing Mm -hmm. criticism, because I think most things that are called that are just kind of like weird ripoffs. But this is that this very much is like, yeah, we just like love this shit and we love learning about the ways that it gets made. It's about craft. What? (laughs) Sorry. I'm just thinking (laughs) that. Capone is a love letter to old men shitting themselves. <laughs> this one goes out to you, Joe. Stupid. Allegedly. Um, Joe Biden allegedly shit his pants. <laughs> he uh, definitely did. Uh, no, but like, like, yeah, because you could imagine, obviously it's different, right? Because 
the mediums, I think, ideally would match up, and it's harder to do that in some ways. But the show is about craft. The show is about, like, loving a particular type of art and learning about it and appreciating it more because of that and thinking about, like, what goes into making it happen. Because it very much, like, the moment where uh, Asakusa is watching... Uh, Future by Conan, or whatever it's called in the show, uh, is this moment of her realizing, and she she tells us kind of Mori, mm-hmm. where she realized that somebody made the thing that she's watching. Right. And yeah. I think that that realization, for a lot of people, often makes them more cynical mm. when you think about, like, why those choices get made, and, like, things that are frustrating in the way that a work does not necessarily, like, meet the expectations in your head... But for her and for all the other characters on the show, and I think largely for the people making it, it is about loving the work that goes into that and discovering it and thinking about how hard it is to make this stuff happen in a way that makes it feel more powerful. Um, and I think a good example of that is the scene in episode three uh, in which Mizusaki is trying to convince Kanamori to let her do like very detailed body movements because mm-hmm. that's sort of like her jam. And she talks about animators having swords at their desks, mm-hmm. right? So that you can like walk around with a sword and, and you really like think about the way physics works, um, which I think is really cool because even in cases like some of the stuff in Izoken or even in, in, you know, stuff that's like very silly, I think that it's the kind of thing where if you want to deviate from the rule, you need to be familiar with the rule, right? Like the best way to do like crazy physics is to know why you are deviating from normal physics and how. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's worth noting that in almost all of the big animation scenes, there will become moments where uh, Asakusa is like, okay, whatever, like this is my imagination, but it always comes like four steps in where she'll be designing, like, a piece of machinery, or she'll be thinking about, like, a process, right? Right. And she'll be like, okay, well, like, this is like this, so I have to do this, and this is like this. painting a spaceship, wait, can, would paint work, would paint dry in space? And like, okay, I'll use this, like, uh, electrostatic uh, spray. And then just like, wait a second, though, in space, would, the, the spaceship would have an electric charge, so would it be able to stick? And then like, Oh, it's okay. But yeah, but she it's always, close it's, enough. It's always it's always just at the margins. Yeah, like, of like, like real artistic license. Like that's real artistic. Where right. you're like whatever. Like, that's like a Gundam thing. It's not. Yeah, because like prior to that, she's like, hmm. Oh, it, it doesn't work because the. The propeller isn't spinning the right way. Or, like, the fucking, like, personal helicopter. Yeah, which he makes her... Which, also, I drew so much of that shit when I was a kid. I would draw, like, little belts that had, like, cool little, yeah, like, like, rotors on them. cool inventions. Yeah. I definitely, well, specifically belts that had, like, cool had little cool, rotors on them. I definitely made up, like... I was like, what if there were floors that were just, like, all metal, and then you had magnet boots, and then you could, like, hover on the floors? Obviously, that doesn't really work uh but it would be pretty but it'd sick. Be pretty cool it's like it's like a skating rink but you're just hovering right that would be really cool but yeah so she like she's like, like invents this like helicopter and is like it's a personal helicopter it's just like i'm a little gremlin it spins around flies you and kind of is like uh <laughs> that doesn't work because you would be rotating along with the blades and she's just like, and then starts like speaking. It's just auto, as she realizes yeah. that that is the case. It's like a fucking wily e. coyote, like 
Uh, it's like what's that? Can't fly like birds can't fly or chickens can't fly or whatever. What's that game? That's it's like Baba is you. Oh yeah, she's like become aware like the rule has changed yeah. or whatever. Um, but and then she's like, oh, but now I'll I'll do like a counter rotational ring in the middle so you stay facing the same way. It's that's what it is. It's intellectual Yu-Gi-Oh. It's literally just oh being God. like, this is my trap card. And it's like, ha, I counter with an extremely specific card that somehow was in my deck. Mm-hmm. I'll use it in a way that it couldn't possibly be used in a real card game. Yeah. Uh, and, and but that's like they're building on each other uh, when they're doing that stuff. Right I, yeah. Yeah. But in, in like a good way. Yeah. Not a bad way. Not 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 garbage. Uh, yeah. And it's just it's super like cool. And it really, I think, does such a good job of having all of those scenes. Like, they look like sketches, but like very, very polished sketches. Like, they look like good art by a high schooler, mm-hmm. you know? And I think from my perspective, and this is, I think, my second or third time watching some of these episodes, um, the thing that makes it look so good, I think, is the editing. And, like, I don't know exactly the, the, the like, sort of cinematography almost right of the way that the lines move and the way that you can move around the spaces um in a way that i think probably is is i assume is done in computers Mm. uh which i think is really cool that also this show obviously like loves hand-drawn animation but i think also clearly does not fetishize it in the same way that i think a lot of people do uh, and I get why people feel that way, right? Like, there are sort of always people, I think, who locate value in nostalgia and in... No, it's because value comes from labor. Yeah. And all of the labor is in my virtual boy. Um, so it's the most powerful and most valuable game console. Uh, uh, but, yeah, that, that like, you know... And this is a thing that plays out also a little bit in a, a show that maybe it's a little bit related to Shirobako... Uh, that maybe we'll do for the show at some point that also is about making anime in which there is like a multi-episode arc of like two characters arguing over hand-drawn versus like CG animation. Uh Um, Which again, looping us all the way back around, I think is why Kanamori is so cool because her role on the show is not to say like, ha ha ha, we just have to do CG and it's bad because it's cheaper. Her job is to say, we need to get the thing done. We don't need to do the whole thing in CG, but if we need to, what are the scenes where it makes the most sense? Right. And she, 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 I mean, do we want to sort of like zoom in on that conversation episode three? Cause I think that for me really is like a big, like thesis of what the show uh-huh. is about. Sure. Uh, because this is the scene where like they have to make their first short film as the Azokin so that they can present it. Uh, at like the school fair and then get club budget money. And they're like, okay, what do we do? And Katamori says, well, if this thing is going to be five minutes and this is the frame rate that you guys are using, you have to do this many drawings, which means you would have to work for 50 days without sleeping. And they're like, uh, okay. Uh, and then almost immediately Asakusa is like, okay, let's make it three minutes. <laughs> but, but that that's like a reasonable concession. Right. And that they they go through like her concept sketches and there are ones where kind of Maury's like, no, too complicated. Like you can't. It won't happen. Like they're literally just like driving through them. Yeah. Which is so good. Uh, but then particularly in this conversation she has with Mizusaki, where 
Mizusaki is talking about how she, the thing she loves in animation is unlike the sort of concepts and world building, she loves like bodies moving, right? Mm-hmm. She loves like depicting physics and loves yeah. like capturing what the world looks like. And so she's like, I want to like w- draw bodies doing stuff. And uh, her sketchbook is like all like dance. It's like figure, yeah. figure drawing, which, um, yeah, Asaka said doesn't really do. Uh, which is, well, that's why they're so compatible. Right. Uh, but, and, you know, they, they have this whole conversation that eventually synthesizes, because really this is just, like, fucking creative dialectic. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, thank, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Hegel. Um, of being like, okay, well, like, let's have this character. We'll do a human character who is a, a girl with a sword so that she can do cool stuff. That appeals to the sort of, like, broader audience, but that also will allow you to, like, do all these interesting body movements. And also, she wears a mask, which makes it easier to avoid having to draw her face. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right? And it's like, yeah, faces are hard. Like, that makes a lot of sense. And that they're like, okay, like, when sort of she's far away, there won't be a lot of detail. And when she's closer, there will be a lot of detail. And you're like, yeah... I understand why these creative decisions get made and stuff that I like. And even like right after that, I think is the moment where she's like, Oh, let's do the thing where we just keep cutting between the tank and her face uh-huh. so that we can like reuse the animation, but keep zooming in on it. And it's like, yeah, that is why that, that gets used so often. And that trope has like taken on its own grammar of like what it means and how people feel about it. Or like the drawing one explosion and then doing like a chain of yeah. them across the screen to make it look cool. Uh, and it's like, Fuck yeah, like, that makes a lot of sense. I totally get why you did that. Uh, and that, to me, I, I don't know. Like, that's the stuff I really love about the show, where it makes all of these creative choices both, like, beautiful, but also explicable and, like, real. Uh, which is maybe a very long and sort of dorky way of saying, uh, like, why I love Kanamori so much. Because she has that perspective, and is the person who's like, we gotta get the thing made. And she is not villainous for doing so, because they have to get the thing made. Yeah, you have to, I literally got you a clubhouse and animation paper with the holes and, like, intimidated teachers and... She did intimidate the, teachers. D- dove through a wall to try and rescue you because you had to piss on the roof. God. All I ask is that you make, like, one fucking thing. <laughs> make, make one anime, please. Can you please. just make one anime, please? And there's, like, what if wolves had... <laughs> what if wolves had six butts? Uh, what if a car could walk? Um, what if spoons were dancing? <laughs> she's just like... like please, please, God. Make one anime. So I'm begging you. And it's like, my family is dying. <laughs> That's the thing you're supposed to do. You said you were going to make the anime. Please make please, the anime. Please make anime. Yeah, she's like their weird general. Uh, uh, I want to see the episode where they explain why she loves business. Because that wasn't in the first three. No, it is not. That's a little bit later. The episode is very good. There are like, sort uh, yeah, there's a lot of... The backstory stuff is not, like, thick, but it is really good, and it sort of gives you a lot of perspective on the characters. I mean, maybe this is a good way of talking about some of the general world-building stuff, because we've talked a lot about the characters, but I also think the show does a really good job of building the world in a way that does not call attention to itself. They live in a cartoon world. They do live in a cartoon world, and do you know why that is? Why is that? When do you think this show takes place? Don't look at my notes. I'm not looking at your notes. I was just looking. (laughs) 
I don't know. Just like the future? Yeah. Yeah. It takes place in, uh, I believe, 2051. Yeah. It's weird because like the town they live in is like, seems small, but then it's also like just built in this like ridiculous way that's, that looks like it was built up over like previous things that were there. Yeah. Um, so it's like this weird, it's kind of, it's like if Adventure Time had like more of a society. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good comparison. You see a little bit more of like what the town is built on later, but it's never that important. Mm -hmm. It honestly, from my perspective, feels way more of just a justification to like have the world be a little different. Like there's a lot of sort of signage in like different languages and it's like a much more sort of like background multicultural space, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And also why it looks so weird because there are all these crazy things about the school and about the land around the school that are very good influences for making anime uh, that they would not be if it was sort of like in a more boring and relatively normal place. Yeah. Because there's like, oh, there's like this clock and this clock and the way that the water moves and like here's like a cool river and stuff. And there's, uh, like, this weird laundromat that you have to climb under the AC to God, get to, and I, it's her secret hideout. I can't believe... It's unfair that you get to draw cool secret bases and have an actual cool secret base in the laundromat. Laundromat, we're upstairs, you can buy the milk that Katamori just, just craves that mineral. Uh, and and that is connected to the bathhouse. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is why it's there. Um, it, it, yeah, it reminded me a little bit of, like, when you go to the spa, it reminded me a little bit of, like, the sort of snack area. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh, before I forget, <laughs> there's the just, like, throwaway remark about why Kanamori is, like, six feet tall. And it's, um, someone is like, wow, your legs are so long. When she's, like, sitting down, she's like... I got lost of lots of rest when I was growing up. So I grew up big and strong. <laughs> it's just like, God, she just like always has a line. She do always have a line. Uh, yeah. I mean, she's the best. That's the, one of the things I also really love is like. Kanamori could. And I I actually don't even remember the full extent because it's been a while since I watched the later episodes. Um, If she wanted to, I think she would be a really good writer. And I think the show knows that. Mm. Because, like, specifically the way the creative labor gets broken down, uh, Mizusaki and uh, Asakusa, like, don't give a shit, really, what they tell stories about. Yeah. And Kanamori is the one who's like, what kind of story are we going to tell? Who's going to be in it? What are they going to do? And she does a really good job of like making those choices of like, who's going to do stuff. How are we going to like make it work in a way that is really interesting. Um, uh, And I, you know, it's sort of like cool to see those skills be complimentary. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, like this world is just very fun. You also get this fun little detail uh, that we saw in the last episode, which is that Mizusaki is like all over the town because she uh, is a very successful model, uh, including and that we gave us, a, I think what I think was your favorite detail of the expanded world. Oh, my God. I don't know if you want to talk the about scene, this. So they're like all on the train and these like two kids 
notice that she's sitting there and go over and are like, oh my God, we love you. You're so cool. One of them is wearing a Slipknot hat. Yep. Just just wearing a slip. I mean, it doesn't have the I and the O. Like, those are cut out. Probably for legal reasons. But, like, just straight up wearing a Slipknot hat in the Slipknot font. Pretty good. So people in the future are like, oh, I'm into that retro shit. You know, like, classic stuff. Slipknot. Hey, you guys ever hear of that classic band, Korn? Freak on a leash, baby. Do you guys like Wimp Biscuit? Uh, I would love that. I would watch. Fred Durst really predicted a utopian society when he, uh, you know, uh, alluded to the existence of uh, non-binary people. Would, Jesus, would you watch a like dystopia, like a thing that sort of is like this, but it's like about like youths like rediscovering new metal? Oh my God. Where they just, you know, it's sort of like a, like a, you know, like the Ghostbusters reboot thing where like the, the kid <laughs> like, like finds, yeah, exactly. like, boom. You just find the mask. Dad, what's this? No, 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 no. What they find is just, uh, they find, Jinkos. they find Jinkos, but then they also find just like a fucking, that cola or that, that soda from the ICP. Fago. They just find bottles, old empty bottles of Fago. And they're like, what's this, dad? It's like, wow, it's a long story. And then they become a new generation of, uh, of juggalos and become neo-juggalos. <laughs> whoop, whoop, the return. Wow, love that. See, this is how the creative process works. Yeah. This is that Azo kid shit. This is why they need to make, make an anime for their high school audience. Yeah. That's just all about insane clown posse. Uh, and then it's like it's like fucking magnets. How do they work? And then uh, Asaka saw is like, well, actually, like the magnetic field like repulses like this, oh which is actually why if you try to make a magnetic spaceship, this is the way that it's supposed to work. Um, yeah, God, like I just all of the stuff that we're talking about, like however long ago in this conversation, I wanted to separate those two things, and I uh, of sort of the way the show approaches art and the characters, and I actually don't think you can. I mean, you can, but it's not helpful to. Like, so much of the reason that the characters work is because of what they think art is supposed to look like, uh, and so much of the visual style comes from the clash and, like, the eventual creation that comes from that. Uh, and it's just, like, it just rocks. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is is there other stuff that's sort of like in that process, or or any other stuff that we want to talk about? Because we probably should at least broadly like it feels almost ridiculous to be like, what is the plot of the show? Uh, but do we want to talk about what happens in the first three episodes? I mean, like roughly, it's not they, even that they just like they just kick it. You know, um, they meet uh, Asuka and Kanamori like already knew each other. Um, they meet Mizuzaki and then find out that she wants to do anime, but her parents won't let her. And then they can't do anime because the school already has an anime club. Well, but that's not that's not the reason that they try to form an anime club. The reason they try to form the anime club is because Kanamori is like a supermodel making anime. Oh, yeah. That sounds lucrative. Yeah. Which is pretty funny also, because like any other version of that character would just be like, oh, I should just become this girl's manager. Yeah. And instead, Kanamori's like, all right, I'll help her achieve her dreams uh-huh. and then also make a lot of money doing that. Uh, but then, yeah, they can't make, they can't do anime because there's already anime. So then they were like, that's why they're, 
Izukun, right? Because they're just like, we're the film club. We make all kinds of films. And uh, Kanamori intimidates that teacher and scares him and is like, we can make all kinds of films. Anime is within our purview. So you better back off, you little twerp. So good. Um, Intellectual Yakuza. Yep, yep. Uh, And um, then they get that clubhouse, which is like a shack outside. And... they just so happen to find. They just so happen to find the a oh, light box. They, they they're like, "What's all this old stuff?" They're like, "Oh, a light box. Oh, animation paper, uh, which is just paper with holes in it." As far as Conamori is as concerned, as is concerned, as far as I can tell. Um, and then they're like, "Whoa, I like drawing characters. I like drawing worlds, and I'll supervise." <laughs> and uh, by the, t- the end of the third episode, they have that yeah, the concept of like. It's a girl fighting a tank with a sword, but she comes from a high gravity world and this is a low gravity world, so she can jump super high. Uh, but the atmosphere is too thin, so she wears the, the mask and that's why we don't have to draw her face. And also she has a cable gun. And also she has a cable gun to like launch herself around so the tank can't hit her. She has kind of a, an attack on Titan. A little bit, yeah. Kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's that like... That is basically... There's, you know, the teacher who is like their club like faculty advisor my, who's just like my beard is, my so, beard is heavy. so heavy oh no won't somebody help me lift my beard he just walks around saying his beard is heavy and then he, like and then he has bad circulation and then giving just like advice like but, but then not he'll, really he'll be like there's a contest to get club funding anyway my beard <laughs> now i hate being a teacher i hate my beard and my being a teacher god i just want to sleep he's very good yeah, and they just sort of, like, you know... One of, like, three adult... Well, like, there's, like, four adult characters, maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the, the guards. The guards who are like, No, we're under direct orders from your parents not to let you go to anime. Not to let you watch anime. <laughs> Imagine. Your parents have, like, two hired goons. Honestly... Whose job is to stop you from okay. watching anime. Honestly, I think that if my parents had hired goons to stop me from watching anime... anime I would be a much better adjusted person. But don't you think it would become more alluring? Maybe. Could it be possibly any more alluring than it already is? Could it possibly? Could you be any more alluring? Uh, maybe. Maybe I would I sort of like try to seek out. I don't know. What is the anime equivalent of Joker? Like, what is the anime that I'd be like, damn, this is so twisted? Uh, Gantz is pretty twisted. Okay. That's the one where some alien is like, you have to kill aliens. Here are some guns. Oh, uh, yeah. If you die, then you're dead for real. Sure. Anyway, bye. Gantz is just... it. Some people have criticized it for just being, like, like too twisted and edgy. Wow. So that's, how you know, that's how you know it's making a statement. It's Joker-fied. It's 100% Joker-fied and cool. loving it. Cool. Maybe if we... Maybe we should do that. Have you seen that? Maybe we should no. do that if we ever do it. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, damn, that is pretty twisted. Uh, but this show is not twisted at all. And it's still, it's like, this is the kind of thing that I think if we were living in a thankfully bygone era, someone would describe as hope punk. Yeah. Uh, but like, it's just nice. Like, I think that the word. It's just like a nice anime. Can we just have a nice anime for once? (laughs) A nice anime with no yabos. Uh, uh, where the yaos don't fly off. 
<laughs> when you walk. Uh, but it is, it's, I don't know. But it isn't it's just genuinely like, very wholesome, it's, but it's, yeah, it's not I, about wholesome. And I hate that word. I know, but like, but like that's what it is. But it, there are so many ways the show could suck. Like, I know, and it, it doesn't. Could be, it could fumble it. It could just seem like overly earnest. It could be too cynical, but it like really hits that mark of just being like, wow, you can just make stuff up. You can just do stuff with your mind and then put that into the world. And if you do it with other people, it's usually better. And like, it's so basic, but it's like, I don't know. Watching the first episode really was just like, reminded me of like a feeling that I had that, you know, it's like a childhood thing of just like feeling like unfettered by the world and by your own criticisms of yourself and all these different things and just having exuberance and not having brain problems and being depressed. And uh, it's, it was good. It's good. It really, yeah. Like, there's a reason hope, people why why people love this show so much. Yes, I hope these characters never get old. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't. But just like, but it's a thing. No, of like, you can get old and still be like that. That's like, true. There are people, fucking like, I don't know, in this economy, David Byrne or someone like that. Yeah. Um, well, listen. Not all of us can wear a suit like that. <laughs> That's really where the confidence comes from to be it's creative. Him and Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Hi, I'm Green. You may ask yourself, how why am I watching this weird anime with big yapos? <laughs> this is not my duty wife. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> no, but it it really I don't and it, it really. Like, I, th- I think this comes back to why people love Yubasa so much and, like, certainly why I love him is that he loves that stuff. Like, he just loves having that canvas um, in a way that I think, obviously, almost everybody who does animation does, but that he is able to take advantage of it in such a way that you can, like, feel him enjoying it and, like, doing things that are different. Because the fact that he is able to do something like this that, you know, not to use the W word, but like is incredibly wholesome and sweet and has and we didn't even talk about haven't even talked about the soundtrack, really. But that is a really, really good job, I think, of of like making those like imaginative sequences feel like literal flight. Like like this show, they're literal flights of fancy, though. Like the show is just condensed in all of these like very corny metaphors that it still manages to pull off and like literalize in this very beautiful way. Um, But that he can do that and then also do Devilman Crybaby, which is in fact quite twisted uh because it's like 90 percent joker yeah it's, it's like pretty joker yeah uh but because it's about like having that canvas and the canvas whether the canvas is like oh this is about the act of making animation or this is about a lot of people turning into giant like tit demons in a club and it looks fucking sick uh, and that sort of sense of glee, I think, is really powerful. And also, I think it's partly why, maybe not entirely, uh, like, Yuasa works a lot. 
Mm-hmm. He works a ton. In the last, like, decade, I think, he has made or, like, overseen something like five TV shows and, like, maybe as many movies. That's probably a slight exaggeration. Um, but, like, this is not even his first show, his last show of 2020. Like, he has, a, he has another series coming out this year on Netflix, which is the the one that's, like, about, like, natural disasters hitting Tokyo. Um, and also, I think, you know, explains why he is retiring. Mm. I don't think he's retiring forever, uh, but he, you know, has stepped down as the president of his studio and was just sort of like, I need a vacation. Uh, and he definitely does. And I think that it, it you know, uh, the animation industry, especially like the anime industry, is very punishing. Um, and like you work a lot and you just keep working. And, you know, it's like I think not I think less so now, but it, not uncommon for people to like die in the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's sort of like on one level, it feels sad to like not have access to that creativity in the same way. But also, I feel very grateful that at least on some level, there is like a line, you know, sort of beyond which Yuasa is like, okay, I gotta like be a dude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it, and it really like hit me when I read that in a way that I think a lot of sort of similar entertainment news does not, because for the most part, I don't care that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something, and, and maybe this is a thing I should think about. Maybe I'll, I'll sort of talk about this with my therapist. Uh, because this is also, I think, a little bit related to what we were talking about last week. Um, you know, with with Togashi, like, stepping away from uh, Hunter Hunter. Mm. Um, and being like, I love making this thing, but I have to be a person. Yeah. Uh, and, like, what it says when people are able to sort of, like, make those, those choices for themselves. Um, because it's really hard. Uh, and it, it also, I think, is cool that this show is a fantasy about people who are able to do that, right? That they're like, because they also are all like people. Mm-hmm. They're not just like, or like, or like there are periods where they work a ton, but then also they like, you know, hang out and drink milk and like look at raccoons or like whatever. Raccoon dog. Like what? What? What if this? What if this was like an anime thing where it's just two animals? What if it's like that? Uh huh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know where I was going with that. It's just like, it feels very, it feels very appropriate that this is at least one of the last things that he did before deciding to take this break, because it really does feel like putting a lot of stuff just like into this very tight package. Because also it's worth saying, I think there is one 12 episode season of this show. It's possible they'll try to make another one. I can't imagine doing it without him, and I don't yeah. know when or why he would do it. The manga is technically ongoing, so like maybe mm. they would do it at some point, but there are only five volumes of it. Um, and it, it it's sort of the kind of thing where I like finish watching, or I haven't finished watching the season even. Like I have yet to watch the last episode because I just like can't bear to finish it, yeah. and I ne- I never do that. That was me with uh, Venture Bros. Yeah, I yeah. just like couldn't do it for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, and cause it'll, and I, I like almost never love stuff that much, Yeah, but it will make me sad to know that I like don't have more Azokin to watch for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and like, it feels really cool to just have that level of connection with something. 
Um, which, yeah, like, I don't know. I think maybe what we're trying to say is just that it's good. <laughs> we're just coming up with ways to say that it's, it's good. good. Yeah. I mean, that's just what criticism is, baby. That's true. Well, and that's also one of the reasons why, and, and I, we, so we can sort of briefly touch on something I said at the beginning. It's really interesting to me that this is one of the like flagship HBO Max anime titles. Anecdotally, I think that the biggest draw that HBO Max has, right, is like pretty new. They, I don't think of, it's a little bit unclear what it is, but they have the Ghibli catalog and like yeah. that rules. Right. Uh, and I think a lot of people are getting it for that. Absolutely. Um, and then you say, okay, well, like what other anime stuff do you have? And I think it makes it clear, right? Like AT&T is, they're like putting money into anime, right? They own HBO, they own Turner, they own uh, Crunchyroll. And so this is like one of the things they ported over. And it's like, this is a thing I could imagine people really loving. Even if they don't watch a ton of anime, like if they watch some of the Ghibli movies and are like, yeah. I want to watch something else that is like cool. I could see this being like the new Yuri on Ice for like normies. Because like, I know a fair amount of normies who have watched UA. Like, yeah. Because it's like, oh, it's a good story with characters and just fun times and uh ice skating also just like the premise if you're just like gay ice skaters everyone's like nice yeah um we should make someone watch yuri on ice at some point in one of our special episodes but i don't know who would be the fun most fun person to make watcher we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this later. also one of the harder series to find someone who hasn't watched it probably because that's it, true it does have more of a broad appeal but yeah even my girlfriend has seen yuri on ice and she does not Damn. watch a lot of anime well she but she also really likes this which is one of why I yeah well yeah this is analogous to me and i feel like this fits in with like even more so than that with like the kind of whimsy that people like about the ghibli movies uh yeah that i agree they're just like there are designs in this show that are like super inspired by Ghibli stuff of just like the little squat little tank and like I mean those kinds of designs are found in like a lot of older anime I think but just like they're kind of charming and like I don't know kind of like organic looking Mm -hmm. and not just like here's a cool Abrams tank that's like just all like angular and stuff it's like you know it's like rounded off and like it's just for it like looks a, like it looks like a rice cake. It looks like a little rice cake, and you can camp underneath it and stuff. Like that's a Ghibli, my friend. Yeah, that um, is a Ghibli. Toe to tip. Uh, yeah, and it, it it just like I don't know. I'm really excited to see if it. I don't know if it will take off like that. Um, Do you think we're gonna have like articles in like uh, non anime publications in like a month or two that are like? 10 reasons why you have to watch this show about um, Girl, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> honestly, maybe. It could happen. I mean, sort of, frenemy of the podcast, Justin Charity, wrote mm-hmm. about it for The Ringer, um, which is pretty good. And I think there might be some uh, some sort of, like, broader pieces about it. Uh, I don't know. I hope so. Like, even just from the broader perspective of thinking about the medium... You're just like, oh, yeah, like, that's why this is good and cool. And I think it is very rare for something to be able to communicate, like, I love this thing and this is why you could love it, too, without feeling sort of inherently closed off and shitty. 
Um, and it, and you can come away from it like Kanamori. I think you can come away from this. And even if you're not like, wow, this is so cool. This is like the most exciting medium ever. You still come away with it and you're like, I totally get why people love this. And like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and that, I don't know. I, I find that really nice. Uh, God, and we haven't even gotten into like the other genres that the Azokin will get into. Uh, uh, which I, I, I don't want to like spoil you on a ton of stuff, but I will say uh, there is a scene very early in the, the show that you laughed at where we saw the members of the robot club and they will be making a reappearance. Members of the robot club? Yeah. They're like, there's like a scene very briefly where they're like sitting at the lunch table or something and you like overhear them being like this kind of robot. Like, or, oh yeah. Uh, they will be making a reappearance. Hell yeah. Uh, or several reappearances. Um... And it's just really fun to, like, watch them play around with a lot of this stuff and, like, sort of reference all of these things that clearly, like, yeah. the people who made the show love. I don't know. Do we have other stuff we want to say about the show? We, we've gone a little uh, longer than we, we ordinarily would. I feel like we could go longer. We but could. We're probably just going to be saying that it's good over and over again. So this might be a good time to wrap things up. Yeah. I mean, are, are there any last things that we, we want to say about it? Who is the VA for Kanamori? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is in my notes and I forgot to bring it up. The VA for Kanamori is uh, Mutsumi Tamura. I went back through her credits. She has worked a lot for a while and it's possible some of it has been bigger. Uh, I am not super familiar with a ton of her work and there definitely are some shows that she's been in that I recognize, but where she's done sort of like smaller parts. Just because she sounds like she has like this like low voice that sounds like a VA in like other things. Like she sounds like she could be playing like a serious character on Gundam and being just like Char. Like if you go out there and battle him, well, he'll be destroyed. I don't think that's, I think she would be playing a slightly less serious character on Gundam. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like she would be like, she would, like, do the, the character who does the thing, you know, where you, like, beat on your chest a little bit to be like, like, I'll beat you, Char. And everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. Well, just because the other two just sound like VAs for just, like, anime children. Although, the Asakusa, of- the, the Asakusa uh, VA is, like, a, like actress. This is her first VA role. Oh, wow. She, she like, does a lot of other acting, but this is, this is like, notably her first uh, voice role. Interesting. And she's really good too, I think. Yeah. Like she has that this little sort of I mean, like she's, like you said, this little gremlin y quality. Like a gremlin. A and, but she just like loves it. She just like fucking loves it. She loves talking about stuff. Yeah, she loves Mario. She is a little bit of she's anime Wario. Well, Kanamori is really the Wario. That's true. She's doing Kanamori wear where she's gonna like make money by making anime. That's true. Yeah, it's sort of a weird switch because Kanamori really you think would be the Waluigi. The Waluigi, yeah. Yeah. But that's what makes their pairing so good. Oh, yeah. But then who's Mizusaki in this? Is Mizusaki just like Daisy? I guess, yeah. I don't don't really know who would like round out that crew. Birdo? No. We can't. (laughs) We can't. Uh, How come the eggs come out of the hole that eats in, probably? Hey, Lois! Hey, Lois, why do the eggs come out of the hole that Birdo eats in? I told you to stop reading that Birdo fan fiction. (laughs) Lois, Lois, I gotta know, Lois. Lois, it's the greatest threat in form history! (laughs) I think that's probably... What? Does 
where does the boob come out? <laughs> no. Where does it? Um, mother. Does everything where, just? Where does where does the poop come out of? In a hey, Lois. Where do you think the poop comes? <laughs> Okay, that's it. I'm calling it off. The show's over. Well, so the thing, the thing that's really interesting about this, and this is the last thing I'll say about Aizoken, is they actually solve this problem. There's a later episode Stop. in which Asakusa is like, but like, where does the poop come Stop. out of? Of course, it was if it was designed this way, it would all come out. The if, that if, goes if, if Berta wore pants, would she shit like this <laughs> or like this? Oh my god! This, is, this show is so nice and pure and good, and this. we really have just brought our absolute worst energy to this episode of the podcast. I am so sorry to Yuasa. Okay, but no, picturing is Lisa doing the dog pants thing is actually very good because like that's plausible to be like oh what if it's about a dog what if it's a dog who wears pants but wait would it wear like this or like this uh like and Kanamori's like Kanamori's like can the dog have a gun (laughs) (laughs) oh that's nice give the dog a sword people like swords She's like, but I don't. I only, I only want to draw the dog doing good like, things. But, but how does the dog use the sword? And Mizuku um, says, like, uh, what if it uses it in its mouth? Oh no, we invented that terrible Pokemon. Hell yeah! And that's how these those three characters went on to design Pokemon Gen seventy two. Yeah. In which uh, they're sort of like, I don't know. This one is uh, a dust mite. <laughs> Peter, that grime is just a ball of sludge. Uh, yeah. Radish is just a rat. You can't complain about G7 when you've got these. But Lois, that's why they're normal type Pokemon. What is normal type anyway? That's just an animal. That's just made of meat. You can't be a Pokemon. Lois, does that mean people eat Pokemon? Peter, I told oh you. God. Drop it. We can't get into this. We've, we've, we've gone, destroyed We've gone. Show. We've straight Our so far. have dropped to zero. So far from God's light. Everyone has unfollowed us and rightly so. Uh, we, we, we are currently, someone is currently writing a long post. Canceled. Uh, we, I'm, I've been informed that we've just been appointed. This is about to be real topical. We've just been appointed the new opinion editors of the New York Times, and then Damn. immediately fired. I, my, I, I did approve the piece, but I didn't read it. Yeah, so, listen, I listen. Approve, did I, I approve the Family Guy voice impressions? Yes. <laughs> did I listen to them before they came out of my mouth? No. The editorial just says like, I think it's okay to do Family Guy impressions. <laughs> People are just like, I can't believe that they would publish this. It's a, it's honestly a labor issue. I would feel, I feel unsafe with my coworkers doing Family Guy impressions in yeah. the workplace. No, 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 same. And also that's a copyright issue too, you know? Yeah, totally. You, you do have to pay him every yeah, time Seth. you do those. Oh no. Seth gotta eat. Uh, wow, which is, yeah, uh, I hope that that will come out of my very real salary as a uh, fan of my secretary of anime. Mm-hmm. Do you like that we sort of like looped all the way back around? Yeah, I do like that. Pretty good. Uh, okay, so I, I, I think this almost is a formality at this point, but uh, I assume you will not be watching any more uh, Keep Your no, Hands I, Off Aizoken. No, I, I hate it. I just, I hate it too much. And I hate it so much, and there's so little of it, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um... We already know what we're doing next week. We are. We are doing uh, Madoka Magica with our uh, first guest. I'm going to take a 
take a turn into the twisted dark world of fucked up anime schoolgirls with yeah. titties. So do you, do you like this? So do you like this? Do you like all the stuff that we were talking about earlier? That's that's kind good. Being gross. Well, oh, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like did, was this show good? Did you enjoy it? Idiot. Oh, do you want a an anime titty girl named Mommy? Well, sorry, creamy mommy. That's different. That's a different thing. That's oh my god, we can't. Um, but that is what we will be doing next week for real this time. She have gun. She has gun and uses it. Uh, yeah, and I I really highly recommend uh, everybody. Uh, yeah, check out Izoken if you haven't. Keep your hands off it. Yeah, keep your hands off it. Make sure to use uh, a lot of sanitizer. Uh, we have gloves when, on. Yeah, when interacting with Izoken. Uh, make sure to use all uh, use even more sanitizer when you are forced to interact uh, with the police. Um, and uh, until next week. Until next week, I have to do the ending part, which is uh, go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts. Uh, we reorganized all of our podcasts uh, over the last week. It might still be happening. I'm not sure the details. So that thing that we had where there were like six podcasts on a single feed that isn't a thing anymore so if you just like us uh or conversely if you just like the other stuff on this channel and you don't want to listen to us well you're wrong but you can do that now they're on separate feeds uh there's like 16 different feeds now one for each show so uh if you were subscribed to this and you want to stay with everything you'll have to go resub to those but just go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts and um, we'll sort you out there. Just search Fanbyte in your podcast app and uh, they'll all come up. Hey, Lois, I can't find these podcasts. Uh, I've got to go. <laughs> uh, and until next week, everybody, we'll see you in the shadow realm.